Let's turn to Genesis, Genesis chapter 34. I'm reading from the modern English version. It's not too far from NIV. It's because I like my Bible. So, are you ready? We're going to read the entire chapter and uh, we'll be blessed. Amen. So, I'm going to read very fast. Just try and follow from where you are. Genesis 34. Now Dinah, or Dinah, the daughter of Leah, whom she bore to Jacob, went to see the daughters of the land. When Shechem, the son of Hamah, the Hevite, prince of the land, saw her, he took her and lay with her and defiled her. He was very smitten by Dinah, the daughter of Jacob, and he loved her and spoke kindly to her. Shechem spoke to his father Hamas, saying, Give me this girl for my wife. Now Jacob heard that Shechem had violated his daughter Dinah, but his sons were with his livestock in the field, so Jacob held his peace. Verse 6, Hamas, the father of Shechem, went out to Jacob to commune with him. The sons of Jacob came the sons of Jacob came out of the field when they heard it and the men were grieved and very disturbed because Shechem had disgraced Israel by laying with Jacob's daughter a thing that should not be done Hamas spoke with them saying the soul of my son Shechem longs for your daughter I pray that you give her to me to ma- to him to marry Make marriages with us. Give your daughters to us and take our daughters for yourselves. Verse 10. You may dwell with us and the land will be before you. Dwell and tread in it. Get possessions in it. Shechem said to her father and her brothers, Let me find favor in your eyes and whatever you say to me, I will give. You can make the dowry and the gift I must, I must bring high. I will give according to what you say to me. Just give me the girl to marry. Verse 13. The sons of Jacob answered Shechem and Hama his father deceitfully because he had defiled Dinah, their sister. They said to them, we cannot do this. To give our sister to one who is uncircumcised would be a disgrace to us. But we will consent to you in this. If you will become as we are, that is, every one of your males be circumcised. Then we will give our daughter to you and we will take your daughters to us and will dwell with you and will become one people. But if you will not listen to us and be circumcised, we will take our daughter and we will leave. Verse 18, these words pleased Hama and Shechem, Hama's son. The young man did not delay to do the thing because he wanted Jacob's daughter. Now he was more respected than all in the household of his father. So Hama and Shechem, his son, came to the gate of their city and spoke with the men there, saying, These men are at peace with us. Therefore, let us dwell in the land and trade in it. Let them dwell in the land and trade in it, for the land is large enough for them. Let us take their daughters as our wives and let us give them our daughters. Only this one condition will the men consent to dwell with us and be one people. If every man among us will be circumcised, 
as they are. Will not their livestock and their possessions and every animal of theirs be ours? Only let us agree with them and they will dwell with us. Verse 24, all who went out of the gate of his city listened to Haman, Shechem, his son. And every male was circumcised and all who went out of the gate of his city. Verse 25, on the third day, when they were in pain, two of Jacob's sons, Simeon and Levi, Dinah's brothers, took their sword and went to the unsuspecting city and killed every male. They killed Hamah and Shechem, his son, with the edge of the sword and, and took Dinah out of their house of Shechem and departed. The sons of Jacob came up, came up upon and slain and looted the city because they had defiled their sister. They took their flocks, their herds, their donkeys, and whatever was in the city and in the field. They took captive and looted all the wealth, all their little ones, their wives, even all that was in each house. Jacob said to his sons, Levi and, and Simeon, you have brought trouble on me, making me revolting among the inhabitants of the, of the land. Among the Canaanites and the Perizzites are being few in number. They will gather themselves together against me and slay me. I will be destroyed both I and my household. But they answered him, the last verse, should he treat our sister like a prostitute. Father, we thank you for the reading of your word. May our hearts engage with unveiled faces. May we see your word today. May we receive your love. In Jesus' name we pray. You may have your seats. Thank you so much. My name is uh, Mrs. Irene Aliso. For those of you that don't know me, uh, it is a privilege to be here. My husband is the one Aliso. I'm sure he's at large. He's a very active man. Um, he's doing a lot of work, but I have three daughters. We have three daughters, and we bless the Lord. Amen. I'd like to take this opportunity to appreciate the leadership of the church for granting me this opportunity to share the word. Are you excited? Was that a good story or not? You're not too sure. Let's get right into the word. Do you remember the, the pens that we had before the big pen? How many remember? Fountain pens. There was a season where all the pens behaved like fountain pens. Put your hand up confidently. Eh? I know people are fearing that eh, they will know what age I am. Eh? It's all right. We are together. Eh? We are together. The thing about the pens especially fountain pens or pens that use cartridges, they tend to stain. And as when we have our, our brothers probably wearing a white shirt like my brother there in the, in the corner, and you put your pen in there and then it drips, yeah? It drips and leaves a very big stain on the shirt. And it is the duty of the wife to get it out, the wife or the sister, or whoever does your laundry. And it happened so many times. In school, when you're trying to do your work and your pen just pours, at least I have someone nodding saying, I know that stain. Do you know what it means to have a stain somewhere? The kind of stain that you can't get rid of. 
the kind of stubborn stain that Jik is thriving on. You know, Jik, the brand actually, was, it came forward because of such stains. Yes? But I want to tell you that there are things in life that can behave like that stain in our lives. My title today is The Crimson Stain. The Crimson Stain. Tell your neighbor, Crimson Stain. Crimson Stain. Crimson is a color. Crimson is like really red. There are a couple of reds in the house. And when it stains, it is something. Yeah? And uh, we started our story with a young lady going out, you know, to check out the city. But something unfortunate happens. Something really devastating. Something really staining. When Dina comes into contact with Shechem, it is not just her honor that is lost. She almost loses her freedom as well. As we have read in the story after the prince, though he be the prince of the land, has defiled her. He doesn't even have the decency to admit that what has been done is wrong. When he comes to engage with the brothers, do you hear him saying, oh, I'm so sorry, nilionja kwanza, but now give her to me as a wife. He doesn't even have the decency of bringing her to the negotiation. If you are listening to the story, the Bible says she was left in his house. The whole time all this is transpiring, she was left in his house. We have a prince, Shechem, in our story. He has seen a good thing. Many of our ladies have damsels have been available to him as a prince. I don't think he was short of young ladies giggling around him. But now he has seen one with beauty, one with innocence, one with a destiny, one desirous. And he decides I will not have her just once, but I want to have her forever. Can I have two volunteers? Kevin, kindly. Shechem looks at Dina and thinks I can have her. Not just once. Even though he says, the Bible says that his soul longed for her. The father even has the audacity of saying, you know, like it is such a privilege. That she's not just love, she's not just beautiful. But his soul longs for her. Dina is a, a young innocent lady. Dina represents many of us in different situations. I want you to hold it. Can you see him? Is he too? Come, come, come. Whatever happens to Dina the first time changes everything about her, doesn't it? She's no longer the virgin she's known. She's no longer the lady with honor that she's had. Something has changed. When Shechem shows up before her father, he is asking to not only take her once, but to take her more times. When the father quietly sits there, the Bible says he was meditating. He, was, he kept his cool. The Bible says he, he held his peace until the, his sons came from the field. Her situation is not getting any better. With every negotiation, with every appeasing of how beautiful the land is, with every access to the trading, to every suggestion of what good it would do to let Dina go completely. 
her chances were not getting better. I don't care how strong this young man is. The more I go around, the harder it's going to be for him to come out of this. I know you're very strong. But we're not testing it. Very, very strong. But there are places where a stain is so hard to get rid of. When it drops once, it's one thing. When it drops several times, you need more or you just abandon the cloth altogether. Are we together? Are we together? Shechem is suggesting a good thing. A thing that seems a good suggestion. But is it really a good suggestion? He's offering Jacob and his sons the land. He's offering Jacob and his sons access to not only their daughters, but he's offered not only the land, but to even their daughters. We also have beautiful daughters that has become one. He even has the audacity to say, won't their gods be our gods? That's my translation. Won't their flocks be our flocks? Let's do a merger. Let's make ourselves bigger. Let's make ourselves one. So he's not only taking dinner, but he's taking more, isn't it? He's taking more. He's seeking to enslave much, much more. Their children, their wives. And the price that he's giving is something that would look like it wasn't theirs. He was offering the land. Let's turn to Exodus 3 verse 8. Exodus 3 verse 8. This is a time when the Lord is continuing. The covenant of Abraham of God to Abraham is repeated several times. And this is one of them. I'd like to just refer to it. And the Lord says, I have come down to deliver them out of the hand of the Egyptians and bring them out, up out of the land to a good and broad land, a land flowing with milk and honey, the place of the Canaanites, the Hittites, the Amorites, the Perizzites, and the Hevites. Which land? The Hevites and the Jebusites. Shechem is the prince of the Hevites. So the land that he's offering them access to was already theirs in the first place. According to the covenant of God. But he's telling them, give her to me. And you will have access to a land that's already yours. Isn't that what the devil does? He sells to you something that's already yours. When he told the Lord Jesus in the Bible, kneel down and worship me, all these cities will be yours. He's assuming that silver and gold does not belong to the Lord. The earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. But he's offering to Jesus a land. He's offering to Jesus castles and, 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 and prince, princely uh, properties as if they don't belong to him already. The Bible says that in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and everything that was made was made by who? By him. 
So when the devil is giving Jesus, is offering to Jesus, is asking him for his worship in exchange of what he's already his, that's where most of us find ourselves. The enemy takes one thing from you and then says, you know what? I'll throw in a car. Let's take it further. I'll throw in some land. Let's take it further. You pay one bribe and you say, by the way, if you pay another, like just an extra 10% and you'll have this. How many cells people do I have? Isn't that the language we use? To get people farther and farther. And that's what Shechem and Hama are doing to Israel. They're offering to give them a land that's already theirs by promise. What are these things the devil is trying to take from you or offer to you and they're already yours? Are you there, a young lady, and you think, if I don't, if I don't give in to this man, I'll never get married? The Lord decided you'll be married at some point. You don't give him because he, you think this is the only opportunity. It is in your destiny to be married already. How it works out, that's the Lord's doing. Am I communicating? This same scenario plays out in our lives in different ways. But we must be aware of the promise that we carry. Dina is innocent. Dina loses her identity. Dina loses her purity. And with every step of the negotiation, we can no longer see Dina in the conversation. So what am I saying? The land is now covering the issue of dinner. That the daughters to be married are now covering. The wrong, the initial wrong, the defilement that happened is being covered by all these benefits that look like they're available. You don't have to pray anymore. See, you've backslidden. You don't have to fast anymore. You can eat chicken all the time you want. Yeah? You can go clubbing. People are smiling quietly. I can see you. Don't worry. The rest can't see you. Very slowly but subtly, he introduces the thing that steals your birthright. Aren't you glad that Dina had a brother called Levi? Aren't you glad that Dina had a brother called Simeon who refuses to look away? Who refuses to close their eyes? Genesis 34 verse 22. They offer a condition for them to join. They indulge with them. Say, okay, let's see how far this thing goes. Wisdom. I was telling a friend of mine a few hours ago that just because there's an opportunity, you don't just go. You wait to be invited so that you have access inside properly. Then you take hold. So they create a scenario that gives them access to the entire city. Because, again, by this time, Dina is still in Shechem's house. Nobody's asking, what about what it's done to Dina? Nobody's asking, what, what does it mean for her? Did she choose? I know it was an era where they never chose who they married. But again, we would have had better time to prepare you know? So the brothers say, only on this condition will we agree for the men to dwell among us and be one people. When the male among you are circumcised. 
They want to become part of them. They agree to it. But this is what I'm calling a form of godliness, but denying the power thereof. Just because they're circumcised in the flesh doesn't mean they've joined themselves to the God of Israel. That's why they're making light of it when he says, oh, they just want us to be circumcised. That's easy. That's easy. But they're not saying they're going to comply to the God of Israel. They're not saying they're going to be part of the customs of the God of Israel. Circumcision to the Israelites was more than just a physical thing. Circumcision to the Israelites was a place of covenant. And Shechem thinks that he can have access to it. He can take not only your identity, not only your beauty, not only your promise, but he can have access to whatever the covenant of God produces for you. That's what's at stake. Our eyes open. Our eyes need to be open. That every temptation the devil brings to us, every problem the devil brings to us is taking more than is negotiated on the table. When he says we will be one people, one people how? When he says that their livestock will be ours, whatever blessing they have will also be ours. Because when we have a covenant with you, what is mine is yours, what is yours is mine. But that also includes your battles, not just your blessings. The Hivites were doomed to be done away with. That's why their land had already been given away in Exodus, according to the program of heaven. So you join with them and find yourselves in an even worse situation. Tell your neighbor, don't do it. It may look like a good deal, but don't do it. What was the price of Dina's redemption? What was the price of Dina's redemption? Before we go to that, let's look at what the covenant, what the circumcision symbolized to the Israelites. Genesis 17 verse 13. This is again what the Lord was, share, was, was speaking at that time concerning the covenant. And he says, both he who is born in your house and he who is bought with money shall surely be circumcised. So shall my covenant be in your flesh for an everlasting covenant. They were not just giving themselves. They were giving the entire generation when they circumcised themselves. When Israel circumcised, when Abraham circumcised, he was not just doing it for those that are alive. This verse is saying it's an everlasting covenant with the entire flesh, with the entire generation from that point forward. Let's go back to verse 34. Verse 30, uh, uh, Genesis 34, verse 25, sorry. Genesis. Are we together? Are we together? Ask your neighbor, are you understanding or do I need to translate? No, you can translate. It's allowed, isn't it? This is the only time we get to do Bible study together. Yeah? If your neighbor is saying, but I don't understand. Tell them, I'll explain to you after the service. Write down the question. Yeah? 
verse 25 says, on the third day, on the third day when they were sore, on the third day when they were injured, on the third day, I don't know how long it takes for a circumcision scar or wound to heal, but I am assuming on the third day is not a very good day. Maybe the second day, the anesthesia is still working if they did. But by the third day, the wound is as real as it gets. So they choose the third day when there was so two of the sons of Jacob, Simeon and Levi, Dina's brothers, take their sword and came against the city while, while it felt secure and killed all the males. What was the price of redeeming Dina's honor? What was the price of paying for the sin, for the wrong that had happened to Dinah? What was the price? The price was the death of not just the boys of the city. It was the males of the city. Every man in the city was killed. They killed the king. They killed the prince with their sword. And they took her out of, their, of the house of Shechem. They rescued her. How many of you know that's how much the Lord is willing to do for you? The Lord is willing to fight for you. When we began, we said that we believe the Lord loves us, isn't it? Was your neighbor standing up? Was he standing up? Believing that God loves them. I would like to affirm that love today. That the Lord loves you enough to come and tear down everything that is hiding who you are. The Lord is willing to set you free. Everything in your generation. Everything in your family. Because when the enemy comes, the Bible says he comes to steal, kill, and destroy. Clap for my volunteers. He comes to steal, to kill, and to destroy. To take everything he can possibly take. Isaiah 42 verse 14. Isaiah 42 verse 14 says, For a long time I have held my peace. I have kept still and restrained myself. Now I will cry out like a woman in labor. I will gasp and pant. Verse 15. I will lay waste mountains and hills. I'll dry up their vegetation, all their vegetation. I'll turn their rivers into islands and dry up the pools. Verse 16, and I will lead the blind in a way they do not know, in a path they have not known. I will guide them. I will turn the darkness before them into light, the rough places into leveled ground. There are things I do, and these are the things I do, and I do not forsake them. That's the Lord's covenant to you. That's the Lord's covenant to you. Sometimes because of the stain of sin, whether it be done by, doesn't it make you mad that Jacob didn't seem to be bothered? Isn't it awkward? Dinah is in Shechem palace somewhere. And he holds his peace until the, the brothers come home. The last verse, verse 31, he, verse 30, 
He's saying now they will come upon us. Hmm? You have brought me trouble. Making me revolting among the inhabitants of the land. Among the Canaanites, the Perizzites. Our being few in number. They will gather themselves against me and slay me. I will be destroyed. He is fearing for his safety. From the very people that the Lord has said, their land is yours. He is willing to let her go for the price of peace. There's a level of mediocrity that Jacob represents. A man who has a covenant is afraid and becomes complacent to engage. But the Lord is saying to us, I will tear down mountains. I will level them. The blindness that has come upon us, he will deal with it. Lead us in ways we've never seen. Sometimes because you don't know where the journey is going. You don't see a way out. We settle. We settle. We don't see that this thing can be resolved. It can be resolved. I say to you, it can be resolved. I don't care how deep you are, whether you're Shechem, one who, who, who puts some stain on somebody, whether you're Dina, one who has received an offense on them, whether you're Jacob, one who has seen a wrong and decided to be quiet about it. The whole thing affects everyone. I'm not just speaking to people who are in Dina's position. I'm speaking to people who are carrying the guilt of sin. I'm speaking to people who are looking at themselves and saying, I could have helped them. I'm speaking to people who condemned people like Simeon and, and Levi. Did you have to do it so violently? If you were in Dina's shoes, do you want a savior who comes in slow motion? A savior who comes with gloves on and negotiations. You don't want to be in that palace any other day. You don't want to be held in sin any other day. I know that they were reprimanded by their father at the time of his blessing to his sons. But I relate to them today as symbols of the Lord Jesus coming through for us. As symbols of the Lord Jesus tearing down a lot for us. And when he does it, he doesn't just do it for you. The Bible says that when he was resurrected from the grave, he did not just come out of hell by himself, but he took the saints who had been slain. He took them with them, with him. He took them. He made leveled places that imagine your relative was at the time when Jesus was resurrected. The Bible says they walked around. Let's look at that scripture. Let's look at, look at that scripture. Genesis, uh, Matthew 27, verse 53. Let's start from 52, please. The tombs also were opened, and many bodies of the saints who had fallen asleep were raised. And coming out of the tombs, after his resurrection, they went into the holy city, and they appeared to many. Verse 54. When the centurion and those who were with him kept watch, keeping watch over Jesus, saw the earthquake and what, it, and what took place, they were filled with awe and said, truly, this was the son of God. Truly, Dina was not just an ordinary child. Truly, 
Whatever the Lord has said upon your life is not something to be taken lightly, to be ignored. That when it comes to pass, by hook or crook, they will know that this one was not by the hand of man. That is what you have access. Don't ever believe the devil's lie that there are some people who God comes through for quickly and others who God doesn't come through for quickly. I want to remind you today, the price for every single one of you in this house was the blood of Jesus. Nobody did Jesus die for three times, this one, one time. He died once for all. The promise that I'm trying to say to us today is available to you in whatever version you are. I don't care how bound you are. I don't care how far you've fallen. I don't care how much you've forgotten. The Lord is saying, I love you. And I'm coming to get you. Paul and Silas give us a good, a good preview of what to do when you're still in prison. What do you do? Do you sit there and cry? Of course, you should have a moment of crying. You're human. But when you're done with the crying, can I suggest to you that you go into praise and worship? Why? Because my redeemer is coming. My redeemer is coming. My restorer is coming. There is no crimson stain on your life that the Lord cannot undo. I don't care how far you've fallen. His word was for all of us. And that's why he's lifted above every name that is named, every principality, every God. God has given him an authority that's above all of them. Everything is underneath him. He cannot fail, even if he tried. Let there be hope in your heart today. They may have taken everything or suggested to take everything. But the Lord is not giving up on you. God will move heaven and earth to get you back, to set you free. Let there be hope in your life. And many of us in this room raised our hands when we said, who has a testimony? Let us be like the people in Matthew 27. When they came out of the grave, they went and appeared to many. They carried a testimony. They didn't just go and quietly pretend, I never died. That wasn't me. If you've been through pain and you see someone in the same pain, that pain becomes your weapon. That pain becomes your weapon. That, that, that testimony, that season becomes your weapon to draw many out of the darkness where you have been. To draw many out of the blindness where you have been. So let us give our testimonies. Tell your neighbor, don't be shy. Set them free with your testimony. Don't be shy. Speak to them about what he has done for you. John chapter 3, 1 John chapter 3. As I wind up. See what kind of love the Father has given to us. That we should be called children of God. And so we are. 
We should be called children of God, and so we are. The reason why the world doesn't know us is that it did not know him. There are times when you've made a decision to walk with the Lord, and you will not always be understood by people around you. That's what the scripture is saying. When you have believed that God can actually set us free, God can actually transform our family. I remember one time in one of our meetings as a family, I, I spoke up and said, I know God can reverse this thing. And, and someone so dear to me said, I know you're in denial, but let's just make peace with this. They don't know him. They don't know what he has done. The Bible says that he was slain before the foundations of the earth. Before you even sinned, Jesus was already willing to die. That's how committed he is to having you. Having you free. Having you free. Having you knowing that I am loved. Everything the Lord is doing for you is because he loves you. Some seasons are tough. But do you think Dinah or Dina, when she walked out of the prince's palace or house, she was the same person? Do you think she considered herself just, yeah, that was nothing. She knew that her brothers loved her. She knew that she was worth much more than jewels. She was worth much more than the land. She was worth much more that had already been offered to them. The same thing the Lord did for you. He did not consider heaven a place to dwell without you. So he set it down. He put it down. He comes down in the form of a man. And not just a princely man. The very least of them. Allows himself to be born in a manger among the cattle and sheep. Those were his lullabies. For you. For nobody else but you. Don't ever be convinced. By many who have chosen the city over you. You are more valuable than that. Every stain in your life. The Lord is willing to engage. Be patient. I, I have a very interesting imagination. I imagine if I was Dean. I would come up with an escape plan. You know those would have been nice versions of the story. How do I get out of the house? You know, you've watched too many movies. And you think, climb through the window or knock out the guard. But she had to sit and wait. Whether she had hope that they were coming or not. Sometimes you have to sit still for the Lord to break you out. Sometimes your version of the rescue plan just get, digs you deeper. Isn't it? Many times people have opted to a boat because they were pregnant out of wedlock. But what you don't realize is that when you are boat, you've not only been pregnant out of wedlock, but you have murdered a child. So sometimes we try to dig ourselves out. We make ourselves more and more bound. We try to cover up. 
May the Lord deliver us this morning. From the mind of not knowing who we are. May the Lord deliver us. Whoever makes a practicing of sin is, is the devil. Let's use an IV, please. He who does what is sinful is of the devil. Because the devil has been sinning from the beginning. The reason the son of God appeared was to destroy the devil's work. He said, the spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to preach what? Good news to those who have been used to very bad news. To set the captives free, those who have been captive for so long. To open the prison gates for those whose key has been thrown away. That's his mandate. It is for this reason that he came. Whether you're in Dina's situation, Shechem's situation, Jacob, or even the brothers. They broke protocol. They did something against their father, but to rescue even the blood of Jesus is sufficient to fix that. For this reason, the son of God appeared to destroy the works of the devil. Let us be valiant intercessors like Simeon and, and, and Levi. When you see your brother, when you see your sister in a hard situation, don't just sit by. This is a generation where someone is in a crisis and people are taking pictures. Nobody's thinking, let's go help them first. They want to capture the moment. They want to be the ones who post it. They want to be the ones who talk about it. Let us be people like Simeon and Levi. You fight for your family. You pray. You do that fasting. You reach out. You try and reconcile. Until they're free. That's the ministry the Father has given to us. To go out into the world and preach the good news. To go out into the world and bring that good news that you received so freely to another. That we might all be set free. First John chapter 3 verse 8. He who does what is sinful is of the devil. We've already said. But the Lord came to destroy those works and he said I have given you power and authority to trample on serpents and scorpions serpents have lies scorpions have poisons that immobilize but you have the authority to make that change we have a covenant that transcends many things let us guard it let us guard it with all our hearts. If you are there. And you relate to anything I have shared today. I want you to. Just forget about your neighbor. I want you to just lock yourself in. With the Lord. The Bible says that he who sees. What is in secret. Will reward you. Let him see you in secret right now. The beauty of being human beings is that our spirit is hidden within. That you can stand in a crowd and yet commune with the Lord in isolation. Let us take that opportunity and believe that Lord, even the battles I don't think I'll ever win. I know you can. I know you can. I know you can take them down. I know you can. 
And if you're there and your heart is just bleeding out in a position like Dinah, you are wronged. You are, you are, you're scared. You are left alone, abandoned. Receive the love of the Lord today. Receive it. Receive it that God still knows where you are and he's coming to get you. God still knows where you are. Let there be a song of deliverance rising in you that I know that he helped us cross the Red Sea. I know that he gave us manna to eat. I know that he gave us a fire by night and a cloud by day. That is the God I'm believing to deal with everything.